0: Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. I'm going to die surrounded by the biggest idiots in the galaxy. You're a slacker. You stupid idiot! Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Idiot! Game over, man! Hey, hey, careful Roll. with that, Ronnie Millsap. We're
1: downrange.
0: What's the matter with
1: you? I feel like a Kentucky Fried Idiot.
0: Oh, I'll take it from here, nurse. They're
1: putting the band back together. Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God.
0: Gentlemen, Ciccolini here may talk like an idiot and look like an idiot, but don't let that fool you. He really is an idiot. I was gonna spend the night assembling the Boisier, but this is holding my interest. I got you, man.
1: Greetings ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. This is episode 12, and we are doing something a little bit different this time. We are doing a recap of the WWE 2019 Survivor Series pay-per-view, because we are just that damn geeky. Mm -hmm. My name is Todd, and with me as always from the Windy City, live via the power of wishful thinking, the typhoon to my earthquake, give me a toot-toot, I give you the man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations, a (laughs) toot-toot. That is that is the least intimidating toot toot I think I have ever heard, and that's saying a whole hell of a lot.
0: And I don't think tugboat sounded like Thurston Howell the third either. So um. no, I don't believe he did. <laughs> he was a rather swarthy,
1: large man. Uh huh. The opposite of Thurston Howell the third. Very but much. It's so. good to be a uh, good to be chatting with you, sir.
0: Good to be chatting with you, my friend.
1: Uh, thank you all for uh, tuning in out there in Internetland. We we certainly appreciate your patronage and. Well, even if you're patronizing us, we appreciate that as well. So uh, you can tune in and listen to us at freerangeidiocy.com. You can also subscribe to us on the social medias at Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. All of those at freerangeidiocy. So without further ado, uh, let's get right into this sucker, shall we? This was quite an interesting and uh, varied array. Hold on. Hold on. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, that's right. I Oh, my gosh. We, what am I thinking, sir? You,
0: you you want to get into it. I, I appreciate that, but, but we got to take care of business. So Yes, let's take care of a little business.
1: Uh, <laughs> sir, what you drinking?
0: To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Uh, I, I'm going a little uh, just traditional here, a little Samuel Adams cherry wheat for the evening.
1: I thought for... For sure you'd be back on the Goose Island. That, that's, that's, that's what you were talking about. You don't
0: understand how much trepidation I have when I approach the refrigerator and I look in one of those bins. <laughs> I'm expecting to see another one. <laughs> it's oh, like, it's like I'm half covering my eyes when I look in there. You know what I'm saying? I thought I'd separated them out. <laughs> Good Lord. Well,
1: just go away, all of you. <laughs> well, over here on the East Coast, I am uh, I am imbibing a... Uh, A Geary's Ixnay, which is a gluten-removed pale ale, brewed and bottled right here in the great state of Maine, and it is quite lovely Mm -hmm. and uh, refreshing, and I will probably be starting a second one here in a little while, because... I was enjoying this one a little too much as I was getting my notes ready, <laughs> getting prepared. <laughs> I know I was, I was thirstier than I
0: thought. This is serious business, and you need a drink to uh, process it all. So.
1: Let's uh, let's get right into this. Uh-huh. And, uh, so we th- this was actually taking place in your neck of the woods, sir. This was in chi Town, Illinois,
0: which I only came to realize as I sat on my couch last night after racing back from downtown Chicago and uh, sitting down and hearing Michael Cole declare "Hi from Allstate Arena in Chicago." I'm like, oh, it was just down the road. <laughs> You could have so, wung yes.
1: by and gotten us a gotten us a live a live view for it.
0: I know. I you know maybe get another uh, soundbite since we're on a roll here with uh, with with wrestling legends. But uh, yeah, but maybe yes, you
1: maybe you could have gotten one from Michael Cole.
0: Yeah. Well. <laughs>
1: wow,
0: that's enthusiastic. If, 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 if I got it from someone, I don't think I'd want to get it from him. You know, I well, I, my, I, I still have issues with him as an announcer. But anyways.
1: Ooh. A little, a little, uh, little heat, little <laughs> heat on uh, on Michael Cole. I get it. All right. So the the first thing that ought to be mentioned here before we before we actually do dive into the card is we are we uh, you started getting me back into wrestling back in college, and yeah. you have always been into the wrestling, and you have you have remained at least peripherally interested and involved in the wrestling, whereas I tuned out for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And then only, only in the last couple of years have I even vaguely been aware of what's going on in the wrestling world. Yeah, so, I, think, I think
0: last year we just both kind of stumbled on WrestleMania. Well, they,
1: they had that 30-day f- trial on the of, WWE right, Network. Right. I was like, okay, yep. I'll give this a try. And you and you <clears> acted as my wrestling Sherpa.
0: Yes, because I a, believe- as I don't watch it religiously, I as I once did in college, uh, I am kind of tracking it online. So I, I do kind of follow a few wrestling websites and uh, I, I do kind of have a context of sorts just not not as probably uh, deep as I once had but we will make this work and I think it'll be wonderful yes yeah, so I'm counting
1: on your on your skills limited as they may be oh yeah far superior to my own oh, come on. so in in the land of the blind the one-eyed man is king is the principle we are operating under for this
0: that's uh, a good analogy <laughs>
1: yeah so neither one of us caught any of the matches that were on the pre-game
0: yeah we're not gonna uh, because we just don't those.
1: we just don't have that kind of time they, i mean three hours of, of wrestling is quite enough these days for a, uh, yeah, any normal human being i yeah. think that's yeah. that's just me though and i'm grumpy and old
0: uh, I, I, well and i mean wrestlemania i mean that sunday is ridiculous it's gotten to a point where it's like things start at two and you know like a pre-pre-game show and it's 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 very insane well it's
1: like it's like they're trying to make it the Super
0: Bowl Uh, well absolutely
1: absolutely and even this one they had it what was it there was an NXT uh, pay-per-view last uh, the night
0: before yeah and we're going to touch on that as we talk about these matches because the what what I think and I don't know if I'm guessing this was by design yeah NXT had a pay-per-view on Saturday night takeover and what was especially unique was they had two War Games-style matches, which, if you're familiar with that style of match, they basically take two wrestling rings, butt them up against one another, and put a steel cage around the entire monstrosity. And, uh, yeah, and, and there was just some brutal stuff in those matches. I mean, there there's no, uh, you know, these guys... Yeah, was that an
1: old WCW gimmick?
0: It was. It, it absolutely was. And, and that's... And we'll get into that a little bit. Like, a, NXT, the reason it has a vibe that's trending with fans, I think, is because triple h who who run who basically runs that 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 organization he's really tapping into some some you know fan fan interest and 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 definitely tapping into things that that drive wrestling fan. i think he really has a very very good mind for the business and he's really doing some very interesting stuff with them so um mm. so so just uh, well and, and and not to mention there was this one move um which i'm shocked they let them do where where uh Tommaso Ciampa uh, took um, Adam Cole and, and oh, yeah. did his finisher from the top of the cage, which I, I won't be able to do it justice describing it, but when, when I texted you last night, like, I can't believe they let them do that. It's only because that move that he did could have gone wrong so many ways. And oh, it, it's, totally. And it's a miracle that they pulled it off. I mean, I, I'm sure they know what they're doing, they're professionals, but I was just like, oh, my gosh, just – Please, Adam Cole, don't die. <laughs>
1: you can you so, can be as professional as you want, but when gravity is really in control of the situation, it's anything could happen. Yeah,
0: I mean, he basically does what's considered like a Death Valley driver sort of maneuver, except I guess he's kind of across his back as opposed to across his shoulders, and they just fell backwards into like a s- stack of tables, and it was just insane. So
1: Yeah, it was, it was brutal. So, so the brutal. NXT
0: wrestlers had gone through that, and then they're coming into this event tonight, and... You know, say what you will about wrestling, but that stuff hurts. You know, I mean, yeah. it's you, you can't fake going through those matches. I mean, those guys took a beating. Now, the question I have for you is, maybe you know this because I didn't
1: bother to look it up because I'm lazy, but the uh, was there any stakes in terms of, because they were keeping track of which promotion won matches throughout the evening, and it right. started out, the show started out with each of the each of the brands, I'm sorry, brands, taking one match in the pregame, and then they were keeping track of it all night. Was there any kind of payoff to that? Is Does that mean anything or is it just like no? This rights?
0: this this was really just bragging rights. And it's one of those cases okay. of WWE cares about something when it's in the moment and then they completely discard it afterwards. And I think part of the issue I have with the way they went about doing it by brand is that they, um, is basically that, you know, throughout most of the year, they don't care about the brand. Mm hmm. And they, you know, they they have superstars jumping in between brands constantly. Mm -hmm. And basically, you know, they they come to Survivor Series and now all of a sudden it matters, you know. And it's just one of those things where I just think that had they maybe invested a little bit more in in making fans care about that and and that, you know, the brands really mean something, maybe it would have resonated a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good. I think that's a fair point. I just I was I was trying to figure that out as someone just jumping into this cold if that meant anything or if it was just a hey, it's just another cool thing for us to talk Vince about. Vince wants you to
0: something. care about it now, not later.
1: <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad that we solved that. Thank you very well, much. Well,
0: you know, that's part of why I'm here.
1: So anyways, so the first match of the night uh, was a traditional Survivor Series match, whatever they're calling it, was a Legacy match or whatever. But it was a it was the women's Survivor Series match, and uh, this one was going uh, with Raw, SmackDown, and uh, NXT teams in a, a Survivor Series triple threat
0: triple type th- thing. Yeah, so it's a triple threat elimination Survivor Series match, meaning yeah. that the the and you know for our listeners who may not be familiar. Uh, in the Survivor Series, if you get pinned or you're counted out or disqualified, uh, that wrestler is eliminated. So you have teams of five across three brands. So as they start to lose superstars, there's this idea and the story playing out about the numbers game. You know which yeah. which brand still has more wrestlers, and you can start to tell some underdog stories throughout the uh, throughout the match. And and they kind of did that a little bit in this one.
1: So I mean, I thought this was I thought this was actually a decent match. I gave this a, now, I actually have two ratings for this. Uh, originally, I gave it, so we're rating these matches on a, on a scale of one to five stars. One being terrible and five being fantastic. I originally gave this match 2.5 stars, but then I kind of retroactively afterwards went back and, and upgraded it to three and a quarter stars. Oh, wow. Because I,
0: That's I, quite a I, bump. After,
1: after seeing some of the other matches, I was like, you know what, I, I, I realized watching that as my first match. After not watching wrestling since what last year, mm-hmm. I just I had no frame of reference, and that it was actually better than what I thought it was just because I was so unfamiliar with this. I yeah. Had, I, yeah, I hadn't seen a match in yeah. so long or watched an entire match, so I, I upgraded afterwards. What did you think of it, sir?
0: Well, it's it's funny. I also gave it a and I and I will hold at a two five. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it was. Uh, average and, and, you know, when, when I kind of rate it, it's, it's not just about the action in the ring, but about, um, the energy and the storytelling going on. Mm-hmm. And they, they did this really weird thing where they just had, um, you know, in the middle of the match, there was like two NXT wrestlers were like carted off with an injury, which, yes which they didn't explain, they didn't show, it was just kind of done and gone and then they came back later in the match, and they're causing you know all sorts of chaos for the for the ones that are remaining, and and they yeah, play a Yeah, that was lame. And then winning, and and that was one of the reasons where I kind of didn't go as high as you did, which w- which was really because I just felt the storytelling wasn't really there. I mean, it just it it, it I mean, don't get me wrong; the, these ladies put out an amazing amount of, of of work and energy, and 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 it was it was you know it's it's cool to see that they have they can have these kinds of matches now with this many you know women on the roster yeah but there's still an aspect of just trying to you know tell a story through the energy and through just the action of the match and and it just it kind of felt uneven at times you know they they uh you know one, one like like in in one particular case the the wrestler Carmella I mean I have a note here like that she she can't sell for anything um she, she, she oh got nailed gosh. with she got nailed with someone's finisher, and she's like popping right up, and it, it, I'm just like, "What the heck?" I mean, you you completely take me out of the match when you do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know what's you know what was horrific with her, and and oh my gosh, and I, I can see it ha- if a guy if a if a male wrestler were to like do this something similar like the male equivalent of this, it would aggravate the living crap out of me as well but there was one point in the match when she was trying to they had she had the two other wrestlers in the ring and both of them were down and she's trying to pin uh, pin bol- one of them oh i know what you're going to do did a pin say. attempt yep. and she screams after after the kick out and then she goes over and pins the other one and they kick out and she screams and then she goes back to the first one and and and, and doesn't do anything to either one in between just keeps trying to go back and forth i think like two or three times for each wrestler right Right. And she's screaming in between each one. I'm like, dear lord, you are getting heat, but it's heat because I can't stand <laughs> you like on a personal level. It's not that I don't like your character, like I just don't like the fact that you are even in the ring right now because this is annoying as all get out. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and if you had a if you had a male wrestler who after after every pin, was, I'm like no, dude, shut up. Like at least at least land a punch, right. do a move, like after. You just tried to pin them. They kicked out on a two and a half or a two count. And then you go over, get the other person. And then without trying to do anything else, you're just going to try to pin this person like, oh, maybe they fell asleep. Right, right. Maybe they're taking a nap. I'll catch them by surprise.
0: Right. Like, no. Right. Do
1: something. Don't just go, ah! Like, I,
0: my, my exact note Lord. is- Good Lord. My exact note is, Carmella can't sell for anything, and then comma, screams too much. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know what? But those bad. Actually- It was
1: bad. You know- the thing is, though, I, I I gave this I rated this match probably higher than I I, I gave it that what, three quarters of a star bump because the work rate was was just so the quality of the wrestling was so much better than what I remember back in the day. I think I kind of gave oh, yeah. it a little bit of extra because I remember back when when we watched wrestling, yeah. there was like five female wrestlers and two of them could actually wrestle, and the other three were like glorified models. Yeah. And, and it was all lingerie matches and all this right. stuff, which is just, it's dumb. It's just dumb. It is. It yeah. is. I mean, not like wrestling is high art anyways, but it's dumb by those standards. Right. And, and you know, these ladies were working their butts off. Mm-hmm. The problem is, and I I'm I'm just wondering if it's because there's not a ton of, like, old-school female wrestlers. Right that are still around, like, there was, there's, there's a definite gap, I would say, of like the, what, like the 80s and 90s, where it was kind of a wasteland for female wrestling. Yeah. And you didn't have a lot of like, whereas like male wrestling, there's always been kind of those older guys in the locker room who can hand something down. Right. So I feel like a lot of these women, they're doing really well. Yeah. But they don't have kind of that that seasoned veteran who's around to really kind of be like, OK, here, let me show you something really cool. Let me right. let me show you this. Let me show you that. And the guys can kind of do some of that, but only to a certain degree. Yeah. You know, and it, and you're not it's just not the same, I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm totally guessing. Well, on that, they, by the way,
0: they, but. They, they do. I mean, at, at NXT, like the school part of NXT, they, they do have some uh, women. You know, trainers there who are what like what you're describing, they, they may not have made a huge name for themselves, at least in mm-hmm. WWE, but they were like big on the independent circuit. Um, OK, cool. And they, and they were widely regarded as, as very, very good. I can't think of their names. I think one of them is like Sarah Amato, I think, or something or Sarah Del Mato, something like that. Um, so, so they do have something like that. But but I do think I mean, the the, the one thing I think you're kind of getting to is that especially in this match. There really was a lack of story going on, you know, yeah. and uh, it, it, like I think Rhea Ripley, who ended up being, I think uh, her, yeah, Candice LeRae and Io Shari were, were the last three. Um, yeah. They are all very, very good workers. There mm-hmm. was just a lack of, why do I care? What What is the beef between some of these characters? Because really leading yeah. up to this, it was just NXT invading SmackDown, NXT invading Raw. It was... You know, but but beyond that there wasn't anything really personal there. There wasn't really, you know, a good story to tell um, uh,
1: I think I think what typifies that is it, it kind of in the middle of the match You had that you had that, that like couple minutes where there was just spot after spot after spot after spot after spot happening There was yeah. no tags no tags whatsoever It's like they it was like we completely were just told like hey, you know that whole concept of the tag tag match Yep. Yeah, we're gonna ditch that for a minute and it was just spot after spot after spot, which I'm, I'm kind of like, that looked really cool. Yeah. But it takes you out of the match because you're like, no one was tagging anybody.
0: Right. It, it was just like, a showcase of moves.
1: Yeah. And, 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 and it didn't really tell you anything. There was no story. There was no, there was nothing to it except like, hey, here's something, here's something, here's yeah. something, here's something. Like, okay. Yeah. It was cool. And that's really kind of why I got why I I did enjoy the match. Like there was there was a lot of there was a lot of good moves. Mm-hmm. The work was really good. Like early on there was a double suplex by I think it was Tony. Mhm. Yep. Tony Storm, which I was like, "Whoa, that's that's pretty cool." Yep. And and uh, and Charlotte Flair has has a definitive presence in the ring.
0: Oh yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Um, she she even you know, when like, she, I, like I have a note. She she was channeling Nate.
1: Oh, totally. <laughs> she was channeling Nate.
0: It was pretty cool.
1: Even when she got the, got the, uh, you can't do that on television, Nickelodeon green slime spit in her face. Like it was just, there was a lot of stuff happening. I was like, you know what? That's kind of cool. And even the lame run in at the end with the two, you know, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes now for those at home, injured members of the NXT crew.
0: Mm -hmm. It's like,
1: eh okay it was still pretty good as far as opening matches go yeah. that's solid that is real solid for an for a curtain jerker match yeah that's solid
0: and and that's why I gave it an average because I think it was it, it served its purpose it didn't it just didn't blow me away I mean I mean some like some of the other like high and low points I, I noted was I already talked about Charlotte one of the things I didn't like um, but it tends to happen in these matches because of the number of people in them. Is the the fast eliminations uh, to to what I call the jabronis or, or kind of the lesser wrestlers who yeah. a lot of fans are just not really thinking are going to do much? Mm-hmm. Um, I like you just brought up uh, Charlotte, you, you know Charlotte and Oscar getting into it. You know wh- one of the threads throughout not just this match but others um, was the breakdown between you know the SmackDown wrestlers and the Raw wrestlers. You never had that with the NXT wrestlers, you know so. So you had infighting going on that led to eliminations, which was kind of an interesting story device. But but it was pretty cool to see Charlotte, you know, kind of smack around Asuka and then Asuka just came back and just went full Great Muda on her with that green mist in her face. I mean that that is what the Great Muda used to do. (laughs) Yeah. And it was was kind of cool cool. to see. So it was very unexpected the way they did it. The double submission, uh, I thought was cool between Natalia throwing on the sharpshooter and then Sasha Banks slapping on her uh, I think she calls it the bank statement. <laughs> whatever yeah, it is, but um, now,
1: now, so what's a, a Natalia? Now, is she it, I saw the the hitman or the heart thing on her boots or maybe it was her tights or whatever, but there was is there some connection between her and the heart family? Yeah, she,
0: she's Jim Nightheart's daughter. Oh! She she's, okay. she's daughter of the Anvil. So yeah. Awesome.
1: Yeah. I that was that was see again. I'm missing out on the on the details, but that's kind of cool cuz I caught that. I'm like, "Wait a minute." Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so cool. she she does she kind of does that move set and yeah. So th- th- like that, that double submission was pretty cool. But you, you know the the big thing for me like with the storytelling was also like nothing really stood out to me. There were these like kind of little moments, but, but there wasn't anything that really stood out. And um, the, uh, although I will say one thing at the end, um, Io Shari, I think her name was from NXT. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you catch that nasty dropkick toward the end of the match where she just kind of like pulled, threw herself into the ring and just like nailed? um i forget who it was who was in there i think it was sasha Banks. she just like just nailed her with a drop kick. it was just such a stiff looking kick
1: um, yeah um but, but it was it was you just know what? incredible what uh, the other thing that, that got me was um oh my gosh who was the who was the, the legit boss is that banks uh yes okay when rhea ripley pinned her just the way she had her bent back i'm like how she did not like mess up her neck i'm not sure that just whole that whole sequence just looked exceedingly awkward yeah like a legit like you mucked up someone's you know you mucked up her her neck a little bit Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's you know the case or not but it just it looked weird yeah it looked weird well
0: and and then the, the 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 last little negative i had was just michael cole making uh so so i guess Sasha Banks does this move called called the Meteora, which is basically she jumps from the top rope and she double knees like yeah. down on someone. It's it, I I guess it's an impressive move. I I it, it doesn't hit me the same as a Tombstone Piledriver does, but but listening to Michael Cole <laughs> call it of like oh, you, yeah, you would have thought she like shot someone or something. You know, that, that move
1: like, is so over with him. It's not even funny. And I'm kind of like he that loves was meh. that. It was a little meh. I, I do remember that. I do remember yeah. he got real, he was like frothing at the mouth for that. Yeah, but, totally.
0: But yeah, but the, um, you know, like I mentioned, uh, Rhea Ripley and Candice LeRae both were in the War Games match, and so mm-hmm. for them to win, they you know, they, they were kind of telling an underdog, a little bit of an underdog story through this, minus yeah. the shenanigans that happened.
1: Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Uh, yeah. where,
0: where they came back and stuff, so.
1: Evil shenanigans.
0: Good, good match, good match, good opening match. Good opening which match. Uh, which then led us
1: into the second match of the night, which I have a feeling you truly enjoyed. Oh. Uh, This was uh, AJ Styles, who is the uh, US Champion on Raw versus Shinsuke Nakamura, did I get that right? Oh, you got it right, my friend. Intercontinental Champion for SmackDown, and Roderick Strong, North American Champion for NXT, which you were asking me, and I have no good explanation for this, is the North American Champion greater than the US Champion just by (laughs) landmass?
0: I just have to ask because we, we have these titles that are somehow based on landmass. And, and you know what? <laughs> I would say yes. <laughs> but, but of course then
1: Shinsuke has it because he's the intercontinental, which is either he's all the continents, a couple of continents, or he is just the champion of like Motel 6 breakfast.
0: Or it's two continents and an ocean in the middle. You know, which which is a little bit less than world. So
1: You know, I feel like we're really going like deep John Madden on this one. Right well well now. <laughs>
0: You see Pat
1: <laughs> First and ten. Thanks. Anyways. John. So we, yeah, thanks, John. That was just his way of being like, John, just shut up. <laughs> so I I gave this match a four and a half stars.
0: Oh wow. I, I was just I was almost there with you. I gave it four and a quarter
1: you see now you're much stingier i i felt like (laughs) then again i was i was i maybe i just had a beer too many but i was i i really love this match i thought it was really good i i you know the one that impressed me the most out of this match and i was kind of expecting it would be shinsuke just because i saw him and i'm like all right this dude looks legit weird Mm -hmm. and kind of crazy yeah i like him roderick's strong oh yeah Impressed me so much. I mean, he was ju- he was a badass and really good. Like every literally everything he did looked good.
0: Yes, yeah. He he. Uh, what I think put this match you know up high for me was and and, and I, I took a note on this was how throughout the entire match everything was was crisp. Everything was stiff. I mean, you know, you talk about wrestling as theater, but these guys put on a fight and mm. they. Just, you know, anything I, I texted you last night, a, anything AJ Styles is in is just fantastic. He is a different kind of wrestler, very similar to Shawn Michaels, but just has his own way, his own rhythm. And and just, he, he just every match he's in, he always brings out the best in, in the guys he's fighting.
1: Did you notice he kind of looks like Shawn Michaels crossed with Travis Tritt? A little
0: bit. A little bit.
1: <laughs> Maybe it's just the beard and the haircut. A I don't know. Bit, a little bit. But, but I saw that and I was like... Uh, uh, interesting.
0: <laughs> but 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 he has just such a unique moveset. And he mm. he also, you know, so Shinsuke Nakamura spent some time in New Japan. Um, that's where he became big. AJ Styles, um, before he became, before he came to WWE, he was in New Japan. They had a series of great matches. They were always known for just this, uh, you know, Shinsuke is called the king of strong style, which is really just another way of saying you know, he, he's he's very stiff. <laughs> so so these these guys, when they fight, this I is mean, going to hurt. This is going to, 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 to this is going to sting.
1: No, this is going to hurt you a lot more than it's going to hurt. Yeah. You.
0: And, and I was, you know, I was interested to see how Roger Strong was going to be portrayed in this match, because you see him come down without the rest of his his faction, uh, the Undisputed Era. And he looks a little vanilla, looks a little plain. But he gets in there and you're absolutely right. I mean he held his own. He really just shone in, in the match and um, and he showed he could run with these two, you know, these two workhorses who always yeah. just crank out good matches. I, I do have to say before we get into the match, when Shinsuke's music hit and you see the lights go and you see him do his little you know, his he kinda has this kind of weird stroll to the ring. How hysterical was Sami Zayn in the background? He looked like he was having a damn stroke. <laughs>
1: I, I didn't know what to make of that I, I couldn't decide if it was one of the greatest entrances I've ever seen or one of the worst and they, I could i like I, I I went between those two at least seven times a- entertainment just wise. in his entrance I was like what i I can't decide this is either horrific
0: or it's amazing he has a very unique style and a very unique, oh yeah you know kind of entrance but Sami Zayn has been playing kind of a manager for him and, and in a way I think to kind of help him Get over! Uh, just, you know, I don't just, even
1: think a manager. He's more like a hype man. Like he's kind, flavor, flavor. Yeah, his but, Chuck D.
0: but but to see him in the background, just like spazzing out as the music starts, and, and mm-hmm. Shinsuke doing his thing. I mean, I was laughing so hard. I'm like, this is hysterical. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was good entertainment. It was crazy. And uh, and and one thing I liked when the match got started was I liked you know again we talk about stories being told in match. They were telling a story about Nakamura kind of throwing styles off like styles could Mm -hmm. not get into a rhythm in the match. And it was really neat to see how, rather than having them kind of go head to head, like they had in the past, it was kind of like, these are two guys who have fought each other enough that one of them is now kind of, you know, trying to stop what the other is typically doing through just, you know, kind of a different rhythm um, and a different way of approaching it. And I thought that was a really, really cool, like a, a cool, uh, Detail that they put into the match.
1: Yeah, and I I thought it was it was interesting. You know who you know who Strong reminded me of when he first came out, and I groaned because I was like, oh man, he reminded me of Dean Malenko.
0: Oh yes, you're right.
1: And I thought, oh man, not this guy, Mister Excitement. I have, I have no idea who this guy is, but he, he he comes out, and I'm like, oh gosh, it's Malenko version 2.0. Crap. Yes. <laughs> And but totally different. He he was so good, and the fact like I I like what you're what you're talking about. How how Shinsuke is throwing off AJ Styles, totally not throwing off Roderick Strong. Right. Like he was he was he was more than holding his own. Uh, there was actually a, a point where he he pulled Shinsuke off the ropes into a backbreaker. Mm-hmm. That I was just I was like, whoa because he's not a huge guy. No. No, I mean, he's 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 kind of if I remember if I'm getting my perspective right he's smaller than Shinsuke,
0: Yes. and he
1: he just yanked him and I, it, it surprised me yeah and that's what really made me start paying attention to what he was what he was doing and really paying attention to him and then that uh, that what was it the he did a drop into a double knee oh yeah um, yeah oh man and it was it was he was he was really good I was so impressed with with what he was doing and how. Again, how everything he did looked good. Yeah, And that yeah. is that is such a great talent to just be able to do whatever. Oh, it looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. then I, another note I had was I, I really did appreciate, and this is probably something that's been going on for years, but again, I have no idea, the crowd doing the Ric Flair woo. Oh, with every after- chop? Every chop, no matter uh-huh. what, who's in the match. Because at first they they were doing the ladies match. And I'm like, well, of course, because you know,
0: because Charlotte's just, in it, yeah,
1: Flair's in there, yeah, and, and then they did it in the second match. And I'm like, oh, that's a thing now. That's oh, kind of yeah. cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then oh, I thought it was cool how 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 uh strong got the win over Shinsuke. Off of Styles' finisher.
0: Yes, yeah. Like that...
1: Styles m- delivered his finishing move, and then Strong swoops in and gets the win off of that. I thought that was an interesting way to play it. I, d- I didn't feel cheated at all with that.
0: No, no, and 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 that's part of what a triple threat is. I mean, that, that there's always that opportunity there where you could. Put someone away and then get just completely blasted out of the ring, and the other guy takes advantage. And yeah, um, and, and it played well to the story they were telling, and I and I thought they were going to do more with it as the night went on, and it turns out they weren't. Um, but, mm-hmm. but, but, well, but, yeah. but, but it was the second match where you kind of had an NXTer like stealing a victory in a way, you know. Not, yeah, they not, missed not some opportunities any, with stuff like that. Yeah, like not through any shenanigans like in the prior match where you know two people, you know, like two members of his faction came out and caused a problem. It was just. You know AJ Styles just hit his move, and then you know Strong just blasted him and you know knocked him right out of the ring, and then just went for the pin and got it. And um, and it, it was just it was just a very well paced, um, well well done you know in terms of detail and, and story and just the move set. I mean it was just it was awesome. It was uh, a lot of fun to watch. And and you know I was talking about how how Triple H has, has, with NXT, kind of brought a different vibe into that brand than exists on the main roster. And I think one of the things, I mean, I've watched a number of NXT takeovers. Um, you know, I don't follow the brand religiously, but I followed you know a few of their shows. The one thing they do so well, and it, and it is really, you know, I'm, su- I'm surprised they did this this event this way by having NXT comes in because it really shines a light on how bad the main roster is with storylines between wrestlers. They, they don't tell very good or very well thought out stories and it becomes very, uh, very apparent. And, and, you know, here Roderick Strong hasn't faced Shinsuke or, or AJ Styles, but he comes into a match where, again, he was in a War Games match the night before. He was kind of beat up um, and he, he fights these two other champions who are of a similar style as him. And they're just able to facilitate and tell a story. Um, mm. And and I think that just that that just put a layer into that match that just wasn't there in the opener and and you know wasn't in a few other matches later in the evening.
1: Yeah, and I think that's also part of the reason why that that finish doesn't feel cheap. You don't feel cheated at all because because you know Strong swoops in and gets the win off the Styles finisher because the storyline was so good throughout that that, that it was. It it could have been a very unsatisfying ending, right? Had you not put in a lot of work and had the back and forth and really had a, a depth to it, yeah. And and just and
0: and just a lot of really sharp work, yeah. A lot of sharp work, and it shows how much that can affect the quality of a match.
1: Yeah, and we've talked about this in even in uh, even in talking. I, and I don't want to get on this because we'll talk for five hours. But uh, in Battlestar Galactica, when we have talked about that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to do it. You I'm going to do it.
0: You found a way, man.
1: But we talk about how some of the episodes could be very cliché. But they're not because they don't rely on it. They don't go to the well every single week and ask you to just turn your brain off. They do it every so often. They give you a, a cliché every so often, but then they surround it with so much good stuff that you're like, "You know what? I'm okay with that." Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I'll give you this one. And that's kind of what I felt with this. Like that could have been a really cheap ending, sort of like again the, the 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 first match. I felt like that was kind of a cheap ending, but I thought I thought the the work was good enough that it was it was worth not just completely submarining the match. Here it felt like okay, I I'm, I'm satisfied with that. Like that's just kind of a cool turn of events.
0: Oh, absolutely, I agree. All
1: right, so next up we have well, <laughs> next up we have the NXT Championship, which was Adam Cole, uh, the champion, versus uh, Pete Dunn, and. I want to hear what you
0: it's Adam Cole baby
1: (laughs) I want to hear how you rated this
0: uh I, I give you mine I actually I gave this four and a quarter as well and and I and and I did because this match was especially interesting because they used the events of the night before to tell a story throughout the match of how these guys were attacking each other Yes. And and that's the thing that I really enjoyed is you had Pete Dunn who was going after the ribs and and the injured wrist. You had Adam Cole going after his injured leg. I think Pete Dunn was in a ladder match, I think, to earn the, the number one contender spot or something like that. He He was in a brutal match. He wasn't in war games, but he was in a brutal match. And just the fact that each man was working the other's respective weaknesses – you know, just such good storytelling, and and it wasn't stiff like the prior match, but still there was a crispness to what they were doing. Adam Cole is just incredible. That that guy just—he is the master of the super kick. And you know, to someone doing a mid-air maneuver, he just nailed Pete Dunn in the head <laughs> while he's yeah. doing an aerial maneuver. And like, how yes. do you how do you time that? <laughs> it's just incredible. So,
1: I actually, so I I am. You might you might decide to to kill me over this, but. I gave this one five stars.
0: Oh, I, I won't I, I wouldn't. Argue. I'll tell you
1: right now, this is my favorite match of the night.
0: I I would not give it five myself, just because I would expect a little bit more out of it. But I understand why you would rate it that way. I, I do not hold that against you.
1: And I and I actually I'll go you one further to just to start some 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 junk here. I actually felt this was a stiffer match. Than the previous match. Oh, okay. I, I really felt one of the notes I put was like, I, I don't know, the, like their moves legit look like they hurt. Either they're really stiff or they're really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's probably a little bit of both. Oh, yeah. You know? And oh, my gosh. Because the thing is, uh, uh, you know, Dunn's gimmick of joint manipulation, it sounds so stupid. It sounds like such a dumb, dumb, dumb gimmick until you see it. Yeah, and then it is it is really uncomfortable to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're seeing someone bend and tr- another person's arm, leg, whatever, in very disconcerting <laughs> ways. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing that, and I'm just I'm on my couch going, uh, it's like almost like watching, like you see, like for a guy, you see someone else getting kicked in the, uh, you know. In the joy department, and Mm -hmm. you go right, like you there's a you feel residual pain for them. I felt that too, like just watching him like twisting Adam Cole's you know fingers and arm and uh,
0: oh. Well, how'd you like him putting his hand uh, with his elbow upright on the uh, outside stairs and then stepping on the elbow? (laughs)
1: Yes, that, which I mean, then when they slowed it down the second time and you kind of see his his hand shift a little bit, it took a, I I wouldn't have gone with a replay,
0: yeah, because yeah. It,
1: the first time you saw it, you go go, oh, that, no, that was that real? like mm-hmm. are these guys really mad at each other? I saw the replay and I'm like, okay, I can see how. It was d- how the trick was done. Like all of a sudden, I saw, oh, the coin is in your back pocket. Got it, right? Man, it it did make me think though. How has there not been an evil chiropractor wrestling gimmick yet?
0: Ah, uh, it's a good point. We we have had the evil dentist. <laughs> <laughs> you call him the manipulator. Come on. They're, oh, look at that. You've 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 got a character, my friend, right Somebody there.
1: Somebody get Vince on the phone right now. You got, I something. got something.
0: You got something.
1: Hey there, pal.
0: Hey <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I I, would totally I, the, the the one thing that made me hesitant to, to give it like that, that perfect rating was um, was later on in the match. And, and this is a problem I have sometimes when you get to some of these high stake matches is you you can you can create a lot of drama with guys hitting their finishers mm-hmm. and then their opponents kicking out. Yeah, it can get overplayed, though. And and I I just kind of felt like as great as that match was, they were kind of getting to a point of almost going overboard with it. You know, they they, there's a couple times they hit. I mean, that Panama Sunrise move that Adam Cole does, where he does the he flips over and then launches right into a a midair pile driver. um, You know, on the side of the ring. I'm like if that doesn't put a guy away what can you do? <laughs> well yeah and I, well the <laughs> thing like, was when they Jesus. called that out I was like
1: what the hell is that?
0: Yeah. It, I had
1: it, no freaking clue what it was. Yeah,
0: it's it's a very odd maneuver to watch because yeah, in some ways it's it's almost not natural like you have to like like when when some when someone does a suplex, right? There mm-hmm. there's there's clearly assistance that has to happen by the opponent to get them up in the air like that and then, you know, and then to fall backwards when when you see this maneuver you can you you know there's got to be some assistance there it's not like you can hit a stone cold start kick the guy in the gut you know pull him you know grab his head pull him down yeah you know that feels like a maneuver that would work cuz you know you're you're working the guy this one, it's like I'm gonna flip over him, then I'm gonna jump, and he has to jump, and it, there's just so much like coordination with it, you know. That, oh yeah, it's it's literally ballet, basically. Yeah, but to do it on the side of the ring like they did was just oh, yeah. brutal. <laughs> it's like, well, oh then, my god! And gosh. then you had that
1: spot where where they were both going for moves, and their their respective injuries. He yes. wouldn't let them do it. Like he he went to do something, and, and his ribs or his back that and then, was so you know, brilliant. Then done, the knee gave out on him. I was like, "That's awesome!" Like you don't see that. No, Especially, mostly because usually there's one guy that's injured, and the other one is going after the injury. But yep. two guys injured. It was such a great spot. Yeah. Now the one thing I did, I did I did have a problem with this match. The one fault I have when Dunn first came out. Yeah. I don't know if it was the angle. I don't know if it's his wardrobe. I don't know what it is, but man, his head looks so big for his body. <laughs> he looks like a sentient bobblehead. <laughs> I literally thought he was wearing a mask at first. Oh, I didn't know really? what was going on. It was it was almost like a, oh my gosh, who was it? Buster Rhymes who did a video back in the day where his head was ex- was like super big and his body was really small. Oh yeah. I thought that I thought there was some sort of filter going on. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, what was in yeah. my beer? And <laughs> yeah, it just threw me off. But anyway, well, that's the one complaint I have, and it's not really that much of a complaint because his head is actually just it's normal size. But, I think it was the angle. But but the, sorry but, sorry Pete.
0: But the wrestlers that I I tend to gravitate to are the ones who, um, you know, tend to have that sort of fighter aspect to their character. You know, and yeah. and, and Pete Dunn. Because you know, you're always
1: a big Ken Shamrock fan.
0: I I, I like Shamrock. Um, there, there's another guy. He wasn't on the on the pay per view, but he's on the roster. Uh, his name's Samoa Joe. Um,
1: what about Dan Severn? You were you are a big Dan Severn. I guy. did you not
0: were... like Dan Severn. He was just like get away. Top... What about
1: Steve Blackman?
0: Oh, gotta love Steve Blackman, dude. <laughs> Come down with the kendo stick. He had all the
1: personality of a of like a, a fence post, <laughs> basically. All the all the sizzle and pop of a UPS truck, as Mick Foley might say. Have a
0: guy run up to him and scream in his face. He's like, I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's oh, right. he
1: was, I'm sure he's a I'm sure he's he might be a nice guy, but oh good lord, he had no heat. He had no personality, no, no nothing. No. He had that kendo stick. That was it.
0: Yep. Yeah, so so you know, so so Pete Dunn and then Adam Cole has he, he's not a a clone of Shawn Michaels. He has a Shawn Michaels vibe to him, but he definitely is, you know, his own style of wrestler. And, and, you know, he, he has, I, the thing I like about him is he, he just has that resiliency, you know, and, and, and I like how they, they kind of make that a part of who he is. I mean, he, he's, you know, of all the wrestlers from last night, he's the one that comes out of this NXT takeover out of one of those war games matches as the guy who took the fall off mm-hmm. the off the top of the steel cage and he still comes out, defends his belt. You know, they tape up his ribs. I'm still questioning what effect tape on ribs actually has, other than um, it just kind of falls off during the match and he seems to yeah. still maneuver okay. Um but but overall, you you know, he he's just he, he's a good character in in that he's he's just this this champion who backs up his his talk. And you gotta have guys like that to to have compelling matches and to have you know, title changes mean something. You know, and yeah, um, and and that's what I think people bought into. Pete Dunn is an established. He was an NXT UK champ for over a year. You know, it was believable that he could beat Adam Cole given what he was coming out of, and and the way they played the match was just was just brilliant. So yeah, so fantastic. De- definitely. Uh, I, I mean, I almost in some ways wish that was the main event last night because that was just such a main event caliber match.
1: Totally. That was. Uh- uh, what I mean, it was my favorite of the night, and it was the third of the night. It was third, third match of the night. Yeah, yeah, third, third match. match of the night.
0: Yep.
1: I I don't understand that. Anyways, uh, let's move on to the next one. So, uh, and I know this is another one that you will have plenty to say about. This was the Universal Championship match with uh, the Fiend Brain uh, Bray Brain Bray Wyatt. <laughs> I was thinking Bobby the Brain. <laughs> I know, <laughs> back from the grave, oh, uh, versus Daniel Bryan. I gave this one a four and a half stars. Did you and really? Oh, I'm surprised. Mostly for the fiend. Mostly for the fiend because this is my first experience watching this character, watching this guy. Okay. And I've got to tell you, I had I have almost no notes for this match because I just was I was captivated. Yes. I could not look away. My two notes for the match were: what the hell is up with the red lighting? And then the fiend is scary as hell.
0: Brian is okay. <laughs> <laughs> those are my two. Ma- those are the two notes I had for this whole match. It's funny you say that. I, I have very few notes myself too, and it's not because of the not for the same reasons. But um, I actually gave this one a three. Um, wow! Now I'm shocked. Here here's the reason why. So I think yeah, some of the shine of the fiend is probably boosting your rating a bit. Okay. Um, I'm a little used to his his entrance and kind of what he does. I was a little disappointed by the story they told. I thought there was something a little more compelling they could have done. I thought some of the... They went a little overboard with the Daniel Bryan, you know, doing the, the multiple kicks and him falling over and getting up. And yes. Just, maybe after once or twice and then have The Fiend do something would have been good. Yeah. But but it, it was more about what I felt they could have done with it than anything the two guys did. I mean, Bray Wyatt, in in my estimation, is this generation's Jake the Snake Roberts. He... he this guy has been so creative and WWE has so screwed everything up that he's done. I can't even begin to tell you. It is so frustrating to see them have a guy like him who who clearly just has a vision for something. Mm-hmm. And, and, in, and you're seeing it already with the way they do the matches. All the matches now that The Fiend does are under red lights. I think it's the dumbest thing in the world. I don't know why they feel the need to do this.
1: Yeah. I, I cuz there's no it breaks it takes you out of things like why it does. no one else does this no one else does this
0: and someone in the back probably thinks this is a brilliant idea <laughs> thinks this oh, is yeah. this is a great thing to do Vince is probably all into it but but it really takes something out of the match because yes he he's a guy wearing a mask but but what's brilliant about this character is he's done something that I feel is is has taken kind of the Undertaker concept to the next level which is you have a guy Who's playing a guy who's mentally disturbed, and he channels his rage and and his you know basically all of the bad in him into this persona that he only brings to the ring. In
1: that way, it reminds me more of Mick Foley with Mankind.
0: Somewhat, yeah, yeah. But but whenever you see him in his promos or outside of the ring, he's always this kind of over the top kid, you know, kid giggly sort of Bray Wyatt, and that's part of the gimmick. But by doing that, it brings such an effect. To when the fiend comes out, you know, where yeah. with the lighting and just just the general like look of him that. Yeah, you're right. You're completely mesmerized. And part of the story was good where where Brian was a little thrown. One thing that I've really liked about the fiend as a champion or, or you know, prior to being champion, you know, challenging Seth Rollins was his character is not about waiting for someone to come after him. His character is always going after someone. Mm-hmm. And so to have a champion now be the one pursuing the challenger constantly yeah. is kind of a cool concept that you don't see all the time. You know That is th- interesting. Normally the champion is always, you know, there's a challenger wanting to come after him. This yeah. guy, especially with, and, and what's funny is the last few opponents that The Fiend has gone against has been guys who have beaten Bray Wyatt in the past when he was Bray Wyatt. Guys mm-hmm. who, you know, Daniel Bryant, overcame bray wyatt seth rollins overcame bray wyatt others finn Balor overcame bray wyatt he has come in and and the fiend has defeated all these guys so it's it's kind of Mm -hmm. a neat you know kind of calling back to his old character and how he's kind of going back through these 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 losses and these failures and now this new persona is just dominating
1: well in that in that way it's almost a little bit like again i i go back to foley because and maybe it's just because, it, you know, uses the mandible claw things like that, but that idea of of, of the times when Mick Foley came out as mankind, uh, especially the particularly against Triple H, that time he came out, and he's like, I I can't beat you, I can't do that, but I know someone who can, and he takes off the white shirt and there's the cactus Jack right T-shirt underneath, right. and it was that transformation right in front of your eyes of, you know, all of a sudden now there's this different persona that can that actually. Brings out this side of him that can compete against someone like Triple H, right? And and it's that thing, like I, to me, I, I see a lot of a lot. I can also see the Undertaker thing, though. I can see I can see what you're talking about, yeah. Totally.
0: Where where he just changes the entire. I mean, when, you know, when the Undertaker comes to the ring, he's clearly takes a long time. Um, <laughs> but well, <laughs> the thing is, I would I
1: would actually say the Fiend's entrance probably. I would say it's almost neck and neck with how creepy the, Undertaker, the Undertaker's entrance was in terms of just like an atmosphere in the arena. Yes, yes. Every, other entrances might have had a bigger pop or anything like that, but it just changed the entire, just the feel of it. You yes. Can, and you can feel it through the TV screen.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I also like the effect of him as he walked down. He had the belt around his head. <laughs>
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) Just, I mean, anything to make it just more weird. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I I enjoyed that, and I I will fully admit that probably it was, that was my first Fiend experience, so I probably definitely gave that some extra points.
0: Yeah, but when, when he first debuted the Fiend character at SummerSlam against Finn Balor, I probably would have rated that match as four and a quarter as well because of the aura of that character. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I went back and watched that entrance just amazed by how brilliant it was you know i mean just Mm -hmm. the way that they didn't show any detail about what he looked like until he got in that ring and then they flashed the lights on him and he just looked creepy as can can be i mean it was just Mm -hmm. a something you had never seen another character do and 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 then in the ring even though it was a short match it just did such a great job of establishing the creepiness of this character, the way the character kind of throws the opponent off just by virtue of what he is yeah. um, was just kind of a neat thing to do. Um, and with Daniel Bryan, I mean, he's they were trying to tell the story of, of him being kind of lost, being caught between the face Daniel Bryan, who was, you know, yes, yes, yes. And then. The heel Daniel Bryan of a year ago, where he was, you know, kind of uh, the, the 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 new Daniel Bryan, and not really knowing what he was, facing a guy like the Fiend, who is very clear in what his motives are and knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I liked what they did, where you know Daniel threw a lot at him, and and you know the Fiend just kind of sat up, you know, kind of rolled over and got up, and still was ready for more. I just wish they did more with him attacking him. You know, it just it felt very yeah. like. Okay, how going many to the times? same
1: move over and yeah. over and over was very exhausting to watch,
0: and and, and that's the part that that just kind of sunk the match a bit for me. You know, I think I think if they had tightened that up and did something a little different, I think you know I I would have gone higher with it. But yeah, but the fiend okay. is a is a great great character.
1: Yes, which then brings us to our second Survivor Series match of the night, the men's Survivor Series match which pitted Raw, SmackDown, and uh, NXT against each other in a triple threat rules match.
0: I, you know. <laughs> Go ahead. Preach it, brother.
1: I I gave this one a 2.5. And honestly, okay. I probably I probably should have been an even two on this. You know what? I'm going to change it to an even two. because oh, wow.
0: An in-recording adjustment.
1: Yeah. It, it just wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. Yeah, I mean, there was some good points in it, but, he, but here is kind of where, okay, and I, in this sequence of events, not only was it just annoying, it pissed me off. So first of all, you have Strowman uh, going out and not, he isn't counted out for his three minute lap around the ring. <laughs> the, wait a minute, the, the, uh, the, the Strowman Express, you didn't like that? <laughs> oh no, I liked it. I was like, okay, this is dorky and stupid. I'm all in. But he wasn't counted out for that, Correct. And he's out there for a good like minute, minute and a half. He wasn't We're not ca- talking ten count. Yeah, he, He's out there for a while. Yeah, he wasn't counted out for that, but he was counted out. He wasn't out, and, and then he something. gets hit. And then well, it was immediately after that. He went around a second time. And then uh what was it, Keith Lee, the the, the big dude there? Yeah he, he laid him out mm-hmm. and then he was counted out. I'm like, he's been out there for two and a half minutes already. <laughs> and now you're gonna do the ten count? Okay, <laughs> all right, fine. All right, fine. And then Almost immediately after, everyone is outside the ring for like five minutes yeah. without a count out. Yep. Now, here's the thing, okay? Oh, geez. I know wrestling isn't real. <gasps> I know, okay? I get it. What was that sound? I get it. <laughs> However, and just like in movies and TV and books, you don't have to be true to the real world. You can have wizards, talking rabbits, whatever you want, okay? Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want. You don't have to be true to the real world. You just have to be true to the world in which you are presenting it. So if you want to do a countout, you can't have people outside the damn ring right. for three-quarters of the freaking match <laughs> and then have a countout. It's dumb. It is dumb that all of a sudden this one dude gets—eliminate him somehow out of the way. So, any other way, any other way, have Jake the Snake run out and have Damien bite him for something, you know, <laughs> special running, oh, I don't care, I don't care, but that was the dumbest thing ever, and yeah. it, to me it kind of represented some of the inconsistency overall mm-hmm. of, of the night that I saw, and that right there was the most glaring, you know what, you know what, I I'm, I'm going to revise this again one star one
0: star (laughs) oh wow you're gonna go low on this one Uh, you know what if I could go
1: lower because I mean we said one to five I am going as low as I can right now because Mm -hmm. that really to me was it's, it's so lame so lame and that's even before we get to and I don't know why this is bringing out all this venom in me and I apologize but I really feel like this is almost a therapeutic moment so just let me ride this uh so Freaking Roman Reigns, okay? I, I don't know, something about this guy just annoys me on a genetic level. You just summed and, up the
0: last four years, Freaking Roman Reigns. Go
1: ahead. And, and so, the Superman punch.
0: Yeah?
1: Got a problem with it? Professional wrestling has had some dumbass finishing moves. Oh my gosh. This is a sport... Which has had the Luthez Press, the Crotch to the Face, the bron- the buck and Bronco, and Rikishi's Stink Face. Okay? <laughs> yes. I know we've had some dumb finishing moves. The Superman Punch is dumber than almost all of them, including Hulk Hogan's Leg Drop. Wow. It is dumb dumb to a degree which you have to tunnel to find mm-hmm. okay like the idea that oh well he bounces off the rope and he takes a quick little hop and all of a sudden now he's like in a street fighter game and he's got some power up he's like <laughs> and that's like a fireball explodes or something oh my like
0: gosh that's hysterical what the crap was that, that- like no it's a punch that's what he's a missing punch he, he needs the sound effect you just applied it's like <laughs> I, I, actually you know what that's
1: closer to like mick foley's like in ring oh sort gosh. of things where he'd be like <laughs> and i'm like what the heck is that uh, anyways so that was just so stupid and then the fact that this freaking match came down to the two least interesting wrestlers in the match roman reigns and keith lee Oh, come on. Roman Reigns who I he looks like he looks like Jason Momoa on Slim Fast and then you've got Keith Lee who's like the love child of Tracy Morgan and Ving Reigns
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh
1: I, and, and this is this, this is who
0: you have to finish the match
1: this is this is who we get this is what we get why do you hate us Vince
0: why will the congressman yield the floor <laughs>
1: So and and then then not only do we haven't finished the match, then we get like five minutes of like, oh, respect thing. I'm like, were they killing time for someone coming in? was Becky Lynch late getting into the airport. Like, what are they doing? Why? Why do we get I don't need this much time with these two guys. I I could care less. I really could care less. You know what? I I am defying our own rules. (laughs) I am going to defy our own rules. I'm giving this half a star. Half a star. We've gone from two and a half down to half a star.
0: Oh my gosh! Twelve. I us, will now us, yield the floor. It took us twelve episodes. He's finally had his breakdown. <laughs> oh my I, gosh! That's hysterical. Oh, just I. The thing me. is,
1: like, I don't even know Roman Reigns from Roman Reigns from a hole in the ground. But just I saw him, and I'm like, oh, I, this guy right here, this guy right here. <sighs> oh, yeah. I yield the floor to you, sir. <laughs>
0: I, I I can't. I have some notes. I'll go over, but I'm not going to be nearly as entertaining as you were. My God, that that, that was beautiful, my friend. Uh, I I like how we went a full like you know two and uh, one quarter stars down throughout the uh, rant. Uh, that that was impressive. Yeah. So I gave this, uh, and, and you're going to shoot me, but I I gave this three and a quarter. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I, we can't be friends anymore. You're going to have to
1: so- justify this.
0: <laughs> okay, hold on, Jesus. Oh my you're gonna gosh. have to justify
1: this otherwise we are done
0: <laughs> oh my gosh if i can catch my breath <sighs> okay so uh there, there were a number of things i did not like in this match uh one of them was uh and, and this is probably one where you may being away for a while may have missed some context on so the the wrestler known as walter
1: he um, was good i he, i did like walter. he is
0: he is a uh 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 a guy from the independence who um and, and it's He's like it, the
1: second coming of Stephen regal is what he basically kind of yeah me
0: of. absolutely basically and, and it's great you should hear him talk he calls himself the ring general uh but uh <laughs> <laughs> he does seriously that's i love it uh, that's awesome and and i also love the fact that his name walter is is in all caps like like yes uh, what was that i don't know but i i love it i think it's hysterical i don't need i don't need walter screamed at me <laughs> Walter, I was really disappointed, and 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 I think some of your opinion of Keith Lee is also based on this as well. I I'm really disappointed in how little they utilized Walter and Keith Lee. I, I, Walter got a moment, you know, where he was going toe to toe with Strowman. They were doing the slaps. He was, yeah, um, you know, he was showing off some of his toughness and and you know just how
1: he, he had a couple of moves after that before they they jabronied him, didn't they? He he
0: did, but I don't know why they had to jabrony him. I I, I think he was one of the guys they should have let last a bit longer um the the guy damian priest with nxt is someone i'm not very familiar with i don't understand why he wasn't the first one to go i mean he he just he did they could
1: have gotten rid of the flip-flop guy hey that guy right there he's
0: king of the bros bro <laughs> you
1: know what he looks like an escapee from a hollister catalog he could have gone he could have gone before they got to the ring. He could have sprained an ankle, and they had to carry him to the back. Like, oh, good.
0: There's a term. He's gone. There's a term for this, and it is salty. You are salty, my boy. I
1: just, I hated this match. I did. My God. I just couldn't stand it. You know, the one high point for this for me was what? I was the dude Ricochet, who was like wearing like the wannabe like. It looked like he had an Iron Man like Halloween costume. Kind of looked from, like, like, like Spider Man a, a little bit. Yeah, it was like a kid's costume that because he's he's kind of a little dude. Well, I mean he's probably like my size, but compared to like all the dudes in that match, he's like the littlest guy. Yeah. And and like it was like a kid's costume on him. That dude could move. Oh he yeah. He started throwing himself around. I was like, Oh, wait a minute. I Maybe have this to... match won't suck. And then they eliminated him, like, oh nope, it's gonna
0: suck. I, I have to send you a clip. There was um I'm trying to think back. I think it was in the spring. He was feuding. Uh, R- Ricochet was promoted from NXT to the main roster before WrestleMania or after WrestleMania, I think. And he had a great feud with this other wrestler. I think his name's Velveteen Dream. And there was this thing where they were doing a one-upsmanship thing about who you know the better athlete and better wrestler is. And th- basically, Velveteen Dream is on this ramp, cutting this promo and talking about how much better he is. And Ricochet runs off the ropes. He so Ricochet's in the ring while he's doing this promo. Ricochet goes off the ropes, does a flip out of the ring, lands on his feet on the ramp in front of Velveteen Dream and just stares at him like you know, as if to say, What's what's your what's next for you? You know, like like yeah. I mean, just the athleticism of this man is incredible. Incredible. Yeah. How he didn't blow his knees out doing that, I gotta send you the clip so you can see it, but my God. Guy's he was incredible. he was
1: he was worth he was worth watching the match for but just barely.
0: I I don't know why like that was the first time I had seen him in that outfit. He he normally was would come down in normal kind of wrestling gear, so I don't know if it was just this pay-per-view or if this is something new for him wearing this like Spider-Man bodysuit thing, but
1: he looks like a reject from DC Comics. He, he, That's but, what it, I, I was like what's what is this guy? Yeah, but and not but not as bad as uh what was the other guy? Uh I got to look through the things here because I don't know who, who any of these guys are uh, Ali who had like the LED face mask I was like what is this guy an escapee from Radio Shack
0: what what who is what what's that hey man he's not that he's, Ali he's Mustafa Ali he he's an underdog man he's and, and then he had Shorty G
1: you know what he could be <laughs> Prince Ali from Aladdin I don't care I know like the the LED mask I was like what what's what is like you're like Optimus Prime at Christmas time what is this all right what is that there was so much to dislike in this match. You, I'm sorry. You,
0: you are salty, my friend. So, so <sighs> er, Walter's early elimination soured me a bit. Um, I, I thought Champa's elimination yet of Owens And you still
1: gave it like 3 and a quarter. How what'd you rate this this piece of
0: junk as again? I, if the congressman would yield the floor, I will make my case. I know, I just
1: need to I just need a I just need a, a refresh of what the rating was.
0: Uh, 3 and a quarter. <sighs> Go ahead. Champa's elimination of Owens was nasty. Do, doing doing that that kind of DDT with him hanging on the second rope um, was was yeah. just nasty. I well, I, I really like that. If it had been a if it had been a
1: smaller guy, I felt like Owens. It I couldn't tell if he was caught or if he just sort of like fell over afterwards like he was too big of a dude i felt like to pull that off like that just seemed awkward to me it didn't seem devastating. oh okay yeah i didn't i didn't get that but that's that could just be you're talking about
0: the match in general so i oh i was
1: deep into hate (laughs) hate in this match at that point so i
0: mean uh one other note i have is uh the schoolboy was 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 employed much during this match (laughs) did you notice that (laughs) oh (laughs) jeez. these these guys are, are are these big brutes and and they're they're putting each other away just rolling each other up from behind with like no, I don't know, it, was, it, it just was weird. Uh, the Stroman Express, always always hysterical to watch. Um, I thought there was a good back and forth between uh, Ciampa and Rollins uh, when it was just them facing off. Um, they, they're, they're, they're two very talented guys. This was another one where the brands were kind of turning on each other. Um, you had, you know, I think it was uh, Corbin, Baron Corbin caused one mm. of his guys to get eliminated just a lot of just infighting, not with NXT though, you know? So again, you had that kind of theme that continued where, um, where NXT was pretty stable and solid. And you had the other brands that were just, you know, kind of at each other's throats. Normally that was kind of one of the draws of survivor series was you had, you know, for the first time heels and faces kind of teaming together. And so you were, it it was kind of a storytelling device, but they they didn't really utilize it very well here. It just was kind of a, kind, kind of was a mess. Um, and then I have a note about wanting to see more offense from Keith Lee. I, I think they they underutilized him, and and I you know I can understand why you had the perspective you did on him because he really wasn't afforded the opportunity to do anything. You know what I mean? He he when he was in the ring, he wasn't really able to show the athleticism and what I've seen him do in NXT, and he's he's a very impressive athlete. It's just when he's in the ring with bigger stars I guess they decided to book it in a certain way where he he just wasn't allowed to to really get in a lot of offense so I thought the power bomb he did was sick uh at the end I think I think that was with Rollins I think I I don't remember Mm. and then uh you know the finish I I thought was okay given the uh given the uh spear uh from from Reigns and, and the show of respect I appreciated. Kind of uh, with Reigns being, I mean, given your feelings about Reigns, he is regarded as one of the big stars. So him doing that for Lee was kind of a big deal. That you know he kind of got a little rub from him that way. So I just felt it was uh, it was above average in terms of entertainment value. Um, I it did have things about it that I did not appreciate, and but I thought you know this you know some of the showcasing of Ricochet, some of the stuff with Walter with Champa. And, and with with Owens uh, or and sorry, Drew McIntyre, uh, he, he, he looked I love how, how they use Drew McIntyre. He, he just looks brutal in the ring. I mean, the kicks he lays in, you know, we, we talked about stiffness and crispness and some of these other matches. He he has it. He just needs to be given the opportunity to show it, you know, and, and to show it consistently. So um, so anyways, that, that was my thoughts on the match, but not nearly as salty about it. as you are. <laughs> this, this is where we diverge well. a lot, my friend.
1: You know, I, I you know what you kind of turned me around on this one. I I I think that maybe I was a little too salty. I, I think you, I think I've seen the light now. I think I've seen the light with your with your insightful analysis. And you know what? I I'm prepared to bump my rating and, and admit that I was a little too salty. So I'm willing to go from point five stars to 0.51 well, stars. Well, that's what
0: I figured. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Why don't we move on from this? For, well, from, from one garbage match to another.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I got I to gotta admit, the next match I was not a fan of either, but you know what? F that last match in particular. So the next match that we have up is the WWE Championship, Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio. Now, originally I uh, rated this as two and a half stars. However, retroactively, I downgraded it <laughs> to one and a half stars because I realized, oh, crap, this was the second to the last match of the night, and this is the best you had to give us second to last match? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, and what did you think of this one, sir? What was your rating?
0: Uh, my rating was two stars. I, I felt this was below average. There, there were a couple of cool points in the match that originally I, I, had bu- I had it bumped up a little bit higher, but after some reflection on it, I just kind of felt like, the 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 quality wasn't there. I didn't really feel like they were telling much of a story with it. They, uh, I, I, why Rey Mysterio decided this match to dress in Doink the Clown colors, I'll never understand. Oh
1: my! You know what he? he I get the Doink the Clown. You know what else he looked like? The clown car from Twisted Metal. You remember that oh video game? Oh my gosh! Yes. Oh, wow. Sheesh. Yep. What a. I mean, seriously. I mean, go, going that was in, what you decided to go with.
0: Yeah. And, and given the story they were trying to tell with this leading into the match, I'm like, you're going up against the beast, the world champion, and wouldn't you want to be a little more intimidating than what you're dressed like? I mean, are you really yeah. going to instill fear in someone dressed like that? <laughs> you
1: know, well, that's the thing. They're trying to sell him as, as all of a sudden being much more vicious and, like, you know, having a tougher edge to him. Right. And you come out looking like. You know, Bobo's uh, Bozo's second cousin. Yes. Well, how? Okay.
0: Yeah. It, it, I it was. It was strange. So, my only notes on the match were just a couple, you know, entertaining points. Um, but but mm-hmm. but nothing but nothing that I felt would would push it above you know a two five uh, in in any in any case. Uh, first one was uh, as we talked about before we started recording. Brock Lesnar achieving uh, a an amazing feat of skimming a human being across an announce table uh, like a rock yes. over water. So he, yes, he hurled that was impressive. Mysterio, and I believe I counted two hops uh, before he yep. went crashing to the ground. So that was impressive. I I thought the the father son uh, six one nine uh, maneuver uh, that Mysterio and his son Dominic pulled off um, that was pretty good. was was pretty cool. And and I also liked uh, I I called it the double splash the Uh, Both father and son pulling off the uh, frog splash from the top onto Lesnar. Um, You know, it it was a match meant to show Lesnar's dominance again. It was Mysterio had no chance to win. Um, And and honestly, it's a hard match to get excited about when the only thing Mysterio's done to get an edge on Lesnar is beat him with a lead pipe. So which which, you know, when you're going into a wrestling match, which it was no holds barred and it was no DQ. Uh, you just kind of like really uh this is what we're gonna do here um so. yeah and the fact was even
1: that pipe did not look all that imposing because no. it just didn't it didn't feel like it was it had any weight to it no it wasn't no. like a bat no nope. it wasn't like the old school like triple h sledgehammer or anything like that it right. was just it was a pipe that i'm looking at and i'm like that totally looks gimmick yeah that looks like it that looks like it is aluminum to the max wrapped in tape to try and keep it Yes. you know somewhat structurally sound yeah. and and to not betray the fact that when you when you hit someone with it instead of going thud it goes ping yep. you know sort of yep. thing uh, for me the the high points of this match were all before okay i thought i thought I, heyman was so good in the promo that <laughs> led up to it <laughs> heyman's awesome he was amazing Paul, Paul uh, heyman is amazing
0: he, he's at his apex he's been at his apex for the last five years
1: and then, and then when uh, when Heyman takes over the intro, that was a classic bit. That's awesome. Oh gosh. And then he gives Lesnar's weight, and he gives it as like a hundred, you know, whatever, two hundred and eighty pounds or two and a half. Rey Mysterio's. <laughs> I thought that was
0: awesome. Yes, that
1: yes. was just like pure distilled Paul Heyman. Yep. yep. Right there,
0: it was fantastic. Oh, he, fantastic. He, he was... and
1: then it went right downhill after that.
0: Yeah, I um. Oh, what was I going to say? Now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry about no, that. I just okay. I,
1: I wanted to jump in with that.
0: No, I um. Oh, I, I was going to say, you know, if you go back, uh, probably five, maybe seven years, to Brock Lesnar versus CM Punk, you would see a match where you had a much smaller wrestler. CM Punk is not the size of Rey Mysterio. He he's bigger, but mm-hmm. it it was kind of a big man, small man sort of match, and the the way they told that story. Was was so interesting and so good, and I really wish you know they they did something similar with with Lesnar versus AJ Styles uh, a couple of years ago as well. Um, there there are better ways to, to tell stories and, and, and to to utilize matches like this. It 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 didn't really serve a purpose for Mysterio. It didn't really serve a purpose for Lesnar. People are really I think just worn out and tired of the Lesnar just beating the tar out of small yeah. guys. Um, let's get someone in there with some, with, with a, a chance or an opportunity to really, you know, take it to him and, 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 uh, and, and make it seem like it's a fight. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. The thing is Ray couldn't do anything that was believable with Lesnar. Right. There was nothing that he could do that would have made it seem like he even stood a chance. Yes. I don't know if it was the height, uh, you know, the, the size differential, or maybe just the divergence in styles, or maybe it's just a limited skill set for, for one or both of them in working with people of the other size. You know what I mean? Like, some guys can work with anybody, and, and some and, and some smaller guys can work with bigger guys, and they know how to do it, and some bigger guys can work with smaller guys. Right. I don't know if maybe it just is the fact that neither one of them is suited for this kind of match, but he, th- Ray couldn't do anything that would have been believable in in being a threat. Right. And Lesnar actually I thought did a fair job of of carrying the match, which I was not expecting because I've I just I'm not a fan of Brock Lesnar. The the couple things I've seen of him, he just seems like a big, you know, meathead. And right, and right. it's like, okay, yeah, great, another big dude. Um okay, great. But he seemed to do a pretty good job of like, you know, even as he's in the ring and he's like yelling out, "Come on, Ray! Come on, Ray!" like kicking the pipe over to him and stuff like that, He, I felt he did a fair job of trying to carry that yeah, almost yeah. like a cat toying with a mouse mm-hmm. sort of thing. Right. I felt he did a fair job of that. Not a great job, just a fair job. Mm-hmm. Good enough that at least it, the match wasn't like, you know what, I'd give this negative stars if I could. Right, right. It wasn't that horrific. It wasn't as horrific as the match before, although I'm seriously considering, in retrospect now, downgrading this to one star, because it... There was, you know what I was hoping for with this match. What's up? And and maybe you'll remember. Actually, I know you'll remember this. Who am I kidding? Who am I talking to here? But uh, you remember back when Triple H was the champion, way back when we were still watching this stuff, mm-hmm. and he was he was gonna have a mystery challenger. Yep. And it was Taka.
0: Oh yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: And that match was actually good. Like it seemed like there were there was several moments in the match when you actually believed Taka was gonna win. Mm-hmm. Right. There was and they made it believable. Even though Triple H was so much more powerful and bigger than him, yep. they made it work. Yep. I was hoping for that kind of a match here. I was really hoping for something like that where you'd be like, Wow, I don't know. He might actually pull this out like right. against all odds. It was never in doubt. Never. Nope. Even when Ray had the upper hand for like all of thirty seconds with the help of his kid, I was like, There's no way. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. You know, unless they kinda want to just unless it's going to be a DQ or some kind of BS thing where it just happens. And it was never in doubt. And it was, it was lame, it was, it was a lame, it was a lame, you know, penultimate match of the night.
0: I would agree. Yeah, no, I, I you know, especially when you look at the, both the triple threat and, and the Adam Cole, Pete Dunn match. Totally.
1: Those, either of those matches should have been the main event. Those,
0: yeah, those matches should have been higher up in the card you know i know in a promo and and they do this sort of stuff you know adam cole talks about how much more prestigious the nxt championship is based on last night if if you didn't tell me which brand was the was the you know kind of i don't mean to say the beginner brand but 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 the brand that kind of like the farm league you know what i mean mm-hmm. like like the way you develop your talent i would not have guessed yep. it was nxt the way they i mean part of it was the way they booked it but but it was also the fact that you know when you when you just have solid matches between a, a, a you know a good champion and a and a you know an, an equal challenger, you tell a very interesting story with that. And they get into such ridiculous entertainment crap in the main roster that that it really takes away you know from the prestige of of the title. And yeah, you know Lesnar has had. Classic matches with with guys like Samoa Joe, with AJ Styles, with you know a number of wrestlers who are not at his size, but but you know can be competitive with him, and it's just you wish that they could just have continue to have matches like that with him, um, yeah. where there is some doubt. Um, they they've made him such an invincible machine that. Um, I mean, even when Seth Rollins beat him at WrestleMania this year, I mean, Seth Rollins got the crap kicked out of him for three quarters of the match. It's like, Mm -hmm. I don't understand what their issue is with letting this guy finally get into a match where he's getting the crap kicked out of him to some degree. You know, part of it, I get it, is the size piece. But they've had Braun Strowman go in there, and they haven't had the best match because Strowman is not really a ring technician by any stretch, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so you're kind of... You know, I get they're kind of boxed in a little bit, but there's got to be a way they can come up with something better because this this was just embarrassing.
1: Which then leads us to <sighs> the main event.
0: Gosh, oh uh, well. If main Todd, if, if, event
1: if, of the whole night,
0: and if Todd was salty two matches ago, he's going to be uh, probably ready for a nap after this one. So,
1: I wanted this match to be good. I, I, I did. really did. I did too. I really did because I I've I've As much as I haven't really followed wrestling, I have I've caught a little bit of Becky Lynch's character and I dig it and I kind of dig her attitude. So I was I wanted this match to be good. I did.
0: Yep. This match. However,
1: I originally rated it a two. I retrograded it down to one point five. Wow. Because ultimately it was a main event that didn't do anything. Really? There was no title up for grab. Right. None of the titles were up for grab because they're all from different brands. Right. So the brands, they they can't you can't cross the titles across brands. That's what I'm guessing. Right.
0: Right. But but they were trying to play off the whole idea that SmackDown had a chance. They were tied with NXT. So SmackDown had a chance or no. SmackDown had the opportunity to tie NXT, which is lame. Oh, we
1: get we get a tie. Wow. What a stake that was for. You couldn't have have arranged it so that it was like at least like head to head. And one could have a chance to win over the other
0: for what really amounts to as bragging rights.
1: Yeah. I mean, at least set it up like so the the best that this could end up in is a tie. You know what? This might end up down to a half star. I'm just I'm warning you right now cuz I feel it bubbling up. My gosh, I feel it bubbling up. So, we start off. Is is, oh, is, Emperor, is, is is
0: is Emperor Palpatine over there because the dark side is consuming you, my friend?
1: <laughs> you know what? I... The thing is, it was a slow pace. It was a slow pace. Slow, 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 slow. It took forever for this match to really feel like it could get going. It was boring. I mean, the crowd even started chanting, boring. This is your main event. Can can, can I tell you? This is your main event. They already sat through a a women's elimination match and seemed to actually enjoy it. Yeah. So it it isn't the fact that you've got women wrestling in the main event. You've got women wrestling in the main event, and the match kind of
0: sucks. Here's the problem with putting that match in the main event. Okay, hit me
1: with this. Actually,
0: first tell me what you rated this. um, I rated this a 2-5. I I thought this was average at best. This match was plagued by the fact that it was trying to set up a longer-term feud between Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch. That's the purpose of the match. The match, when you have a match that is really about trying to drive a story forward for like the slow burn, you need to put it lower on the card. You don't put uh-huh. it at the main event. Now, mm-hmm. Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch, the two of them going one-on-one, could very well be a main event level match. I I could see it. If they build it up mm-hmm. the right way, I could see it. Because the two of yeah. them I think can go. I don't know. But when you factor in, you know, Bailey, who you know, who recently underwent a heel turn, she was kind of this really, really vanilla sort of baby face character who just yeah, ran She's it. a baby face heel. And, and yeah. And, and I, I you know, the beginning of the match, just the a vanilla heel, just the like, look okay, on her great. face. She, she looked like she didn't even want to be there. I'm just like, you're, you're killing me smalls. You know, you're killing yeah. me. It's like, give me a little emotion here. But but there was no real story being told, you know, I mean, it, no. it, it, it was really just this
1: kind of it's like it's like they were making the match up as they went along. It's like they hadn't it's like it, literally like I I am I'm am seriously wondering if one of them was coming from the airport there and just they never had a chance to even talk about the match because yeah. it really felt so disjointed. Yeah. And, and just lacking any kind of co- it, forget story. Forget st- you know what I'm not even aspiring for story I've I've dropped that standard for for this match just some kind of cohesive theme cohesive feeling cohesive anything yeah. for the match well, would have been nice
0: well uh, so the notes I but have, there
1: wasn't it was it felt like it was herky jerky the whole way through yeah and
0: and the notes I have are you know I I thought the action was okay but it last it lacked crispness it lacked what oh totally the two other matches that we both highly rated had um there there was no energy in the match it's like they never met each other right um one one of the problems i had with it was there were a few sequences where the you know the 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 ladies were trying to do like a back and forth sort of thing with punching and you'd have a punch and then they just stand there look at each other and then the other one would punch and i'm like you got to pick up the pace i mean this i get what you're trying to do but you got to do it with a little bit more vigor and a little bit more of a pace and so i i i think this was bogged down by you know the fact that they're trying to go for for some sort of long game with with basler and lynch i think it was you know i appreciate what they're trying to do by highlighting the women and giving them a shot in the main event you know i i like that they're trying to think outside of the box and do something different but you got to have a match that has some real stakes in it. That has yes. a story going into it beyond Lynch and Baszler wanting to, you know, fight each other. I mean, Bailey was an afterthought in this and really didn't belong in it. I mean, it really didn't no. matter.
1: Uh, in, no, in she. The I mean, they were they were only they were only doing that to fulfill the idea of the three brands being yes. in one match yep. and the triple threat thing. Yep. And they, no, the thing is, I, <sighs> so the thing that really gets me, and I'm i after watching this, I'm definitely jaded by this match. Shayna Baszler is supposed to be this badass her pay her punches look fake as hell even more fake Because you know that she's former MMA and she's supposed to be this badass and and part of the reason is I Am can I know that she's pulling them hmm and she's doing it in such an obvious way because if she were to land punches She would probably just like knock anyone out mm-hmm but she's and and she has, has not for whatever reason it just it to me I'm watching I'm like for crying out loud I mean you can't throw a fake punch better than that yeah well it just it looked so incredibly fake but, like but, it just stood out to me and I mean I've at this point I have watched two and three quarters hours of fake fighting mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I, and, and it stood out to me even after that
0: yeah yeah. No, I, I I've seen her in NXT matches that have been better, that have been that have had that crispness. I mean she she is mm-hmm. good. She she can go. Lynch can go. Yeah, I I mean I, I thought the finish was good with Baszler and her submission maneuver. I thought I thought that looked impressive. Um, yeah. I think and, and, and I think this goes to my point about what the purpose of this match was. The fact you had the beatdown afterwards by Becky Lynch and the announcers basically saying, Well, Baszler won the match, but she didn't pin Lynch. Yeah, that, which the that, thing was, that, to me, that points to the real purpose of the match. It was mainly to yeah. show that they were in a match together. They don't like each other. They're going to meet later on. And ba- and even though Baszler won, Lynch was really not a part of that equation at all. And so she's proven nothing. And therefore, it's going to lead to a one on one with them. That is not a yes. ma- that is not the purpose of a main event match.
1: No. And the thing was, I actually didn't even li- I didn't like the finish. The finish to me came out of nowhere. Like you know, the, the Baszler getting the submission on Bailey just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, oh well, we got to end the end the match somehow. It's sort of like well, it's like one of those like you go to like, you go to a state capital like uh, like Hartford, mm-hmm. Hartford, Connecticut. It's a city. An event. You kind of get the feeling they're like, well, we got to put the capital somewhere. But go. but at the same and, time, and,
0: you you had a main event or an MMA fighter or a former MMA fighter. Like like at least they went as far as as getting her to position Bailey in the clinch like you normally would in an MMA fight like like it at least brought some reality into the move that she did and it wasn't just like this hap you know hapless thrown together sort of thing you know what I mean I mean yeah but it just, made to sense me it
1: just kind of came it made sense but it just was like oh, well we got to end the match somehow sometime and somehow so well here you go yeah. and then the then the beatdown afterwards like again. When a great example of this is, you go back to uh, oh for crying out loud, what, what match were we talking about? Wasn't it? Um, it was the uh, it was the triple threat with with Styles yeah. and Shinsuke yep. and Strong. You have that. It could have been a cliche ending, but it wasn't because they earned it. Yeah, they didn't earn no anything. No, like they didn't earn anything in this match. Nope. The match was not good. They didn't earn the the submission to just be like. I mean, Lynch just disappears, which we'll talk about this in a second because I have a thought about this that this overall for the entire pay-per-view. But Lynch just disappears, and then the, ma- the match just kind of ends because it has to eventually, you know, because we don't do, like, time limit draws anymore, I guess. Which, thank God we don't because 20 minutes of this and I would have been drinking heavily. Um, but,
0: <laughs> but, but, you know,
1: you didn't earn that. Mm-hmm. You didn't earn the match to end that way and then to get the beat down afterwards so that you get the whole, well, you know, Lynch lost, but she but she kind of wins because she got the beat down afterwards. You didn't earn it. You did not earn that whatsoever. Right. right. Whatsoever. Yep. You know? And it's like, to me, like, you know what? Yeah. We're, we're, we're taking this one down to one star. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. This is going down to one star. My because God. it was a main event. It did Nothing. And to me, it, like you say, oh well, it's it, and I get I get the idea. It forwarded the storyline. You're trying to bring the, don't put that in the main event.
0: No, I, I, something
1: I, good to go out on. I, I, this I 100% This is agree. horrible.
0: I 100 percent agree.
1: I would have rather have seen any other match, with the exception of Les. Oh, well, actually no, the men's survivor match or Lesnar and Mysterio. Any other match, I would have rather seen as the as the as the main event. I would have rather have seen the opening match as the main event.
0: I don't know if I agree with that.
1: Exactly as it was, I would have rather have that been the main event. All
0: right.
1: That I I I will I'll I'll stand by it and I will die on that, I will die on that hill. <laughs> um and what a hill it is to die on. Cuz good lord, the last 3 matches of this pay-per-view just pissed me off. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so overall thoughts. What what were your overall thoughts on this? What how did you feel overall about the pay-per-view?
0: Overall, um I think they did themselves. I, I on the one hand, I like the idea of, of organizing the matches around the brands because it, it gives it a unique feel. I think they need to do a little bit better job defining some stakes that these three brands coming together really – like what does that really mean, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it can be something that plays into the Royal Rumble where, you know, the the brand that comes out on top is guaranteed the last five slots in the Royal Rumble or something like that, you, you, you know, like, okay. like, like where you get an advantage – of some kind in a future date um because just doing this numeric crap where it's like oh N- nxt won four and everyone else you know had three and one respectively and it's just like eh, and it means nothing it means nothing and and again they do themselves a disservice with their lack of discipline in in telling stories because they they will they will swap um, wrestlers across brands like it's going out of style and w- so what do these brands even mean at that point you know it, it just doesn't well the one
1: that means something seems to be nxt like they right. kind of have almost and to me it, it seems like a very ecw sort of vibe yes like we are the underdogs and maybe it was also because just seeing some of the footage from like their arena yeah it looks like a, just a gym. Yeah. <laughs> it like it's like a high school gym that they drape. It's on a college like, campus. Hey. It, it, it's, oh, it is? it's on
0: a college campus. They, 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 what, what Triple H did, which was brilliant was they have uh, it's at Full Sail University. They have kids, uh, students who are lear- looking to get into, you know, production and that sort of thing um, working at the events as part nice. of what they do. Yeah. It, it has a very small arena feel to it, but, they do such a great job producing it. And, I mean, just if somehow you can go back and watch, like, the last couple of years of NXT with Tommaso Ciampa and Jarni Gargano from NXT, mm-hmm. that was, honest to God, two and a half, maybe three years of solid storytelling between those two, going from a tag team to splitting to coming back and and going through these hellacious matches against one another, to the bad guy getting the championship and and screwing over the good guy. I mean, they did it all, and Ciampa and Gargano are just like legends in that brand because of the the kind of story they did. That is what I wish the main roster would do, that sort of Mm -hmm. long-term commitment to a story between two characters. I mean, those matches were awesome to watch. They brought such energy. You could feel just... You know the, the these guys I think in real life are best buddies but they are, I mean you could just feel the hatred in the ring, I mean it was just mm-hmm. incredible, What the first time Ciampa came back after his heel turn because he was also injured, he came out to no music, and the entire arena booed the crap out of him, I mean I have never seen anything like it, comes out to no music, and the arena was unified, I think they were in the Brooklyn, uh, whatever the, uh, shoot, where the, uh not where the Knicks play. Uh, the Brooklyn – what's the Brooklyn – Oh, the Barclay Center. Barclay Center. They are at the Barclay Center because they were doing a takeover before a major pay-per-view. And mm-hmm. he comes out, and it was incredible. And, and the announcers were even beside themselves. were like, we have never heard something like that. Like, this is yeah. how hated this guy is. But that tells you the effectiveness of what they did. And that's why when yeah. the fans would, would see an NXT or get pinned – or, or lose out or whatever they would be booing because they are so passionate about the brand and yeah and the and that's
1: why that's what strikes me as ECW like those were like passionate fans. but
0: but it's not just local to, to like where they perform at full Sail in yeah. Florida it, it is like nationwide like everyone sees now how different it is and, and it's basically wrestling the way fans would like wrestling to be and somehow yeah. the main roster and whoever runs that doesn't seem to understand that.
1: Well, in a way, it keeps its uniqueness, which I guess is good.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so I, I thought overall they did a great job of showcasing NXT. They come off as a very stable, solid, and strong brand. Um, Raw and SmackDown look like a couple of collective messes. Um, yeah. The the, the combination of, of Styles, Nakamura, and Strong, like we said, was just fantastic. That was so... And, and, you know, kudos to Styles and Nakamura. If they went into that match with the purpose of 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 letting Strong shine because they they did an awesome job. I mean, they had their own moments to shine, but them putting strong over was the right thing to do for a young guy, you know, who's who's yeah. trying to make his name. It's it's great to see veterans like that who who can understand what the business is about and do that in, in the right way. And and yeah, and then just Adam Cole and Pete Dunn, I mean, they they were just fantastic. So other than that, I, I think, uh, I think the, the latter half of the card, uh, Todd wants to take a torch to. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was like I, I felt pretty good about it, and
1: then all of a sudden it just went right into the dumpa. It was it was horrible. Not as bad horrible. for
0: me, but but I, I, I there was definitely a change in quality as the night went on.
1: The thing that kind of bugged me overall as an entire pay-per-view, with that many triple threat matches, whether they were single triple threat matches or they were the elimination triple threat matches, it was it was really tough. Although the elimination ones were a little bit better because, just because you had the chaos factor, you could have m- so many people there. Right. Uh, but it, it's tough because you always have to. Ha- there was always that moment when you had to make one of the participants disappear for a while. Yeah. So you could focus on two people going head to head. Right. Because there's only so many moves that you can do believably even in a wrestling context, with three people in the ring. Yeah. You can only knock someone out in the ring for so long. So it always had to be someone outside the ring. And they're gone for like a minute and a half. And again, it's like, um, hey, ref, shouldn't, I mean, they've been out there for two and a half minutes doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't that be a count, count out by now? I mean, I'm just, I'm throwing it out there. You already had a count out tonight. Right, right. And and they never so that was always a weakness for me. Like you always have to make one person disappear, and it, it for me it's really hard for the pacing to work out, mm-hmm. especially with that many in one night. Right, right. I think if they'd had, uh, you know, obviously the main event had it just been head to head, it would have at least been a better match. Yeah. Yeah. at the very least it yeah. would have been a better match. I don't think it could have possibly gotten worse unless right. it was like Bailey versus herself maybe. I don't know. If they somehow cloned Bailey and it was Bailey versus Bailey, mm-hmm. maybe it would have been worse. It would have been really hard to, for it to be worse. But it, I, to me that felt like it threw off the pacing of the entire night. Yeah. It, it just felt like it was it was it was tough pacing and finally That freaking song that they shoved into our ear holes (laughs) over the entire stinking night. Good lord! They need to take that every single copy of that song and bury it in the same place that they put nuclear waste. Mm -hmm. It that is one of the worst, most wretched, annoying groups of sounds I have ever heard. And I mean, and I've heard some pretty bad music. I mean, I grew up in the '80s. I know, I know. I that was you. like a heyday of crappy music, and and that set a new bar. Like we had to we had to dig up the last bar and then bury this bar <laughs> underneath it. <laughs> yeah, that. Fucking ridiculous! How horrible that was.
0: That, that was pretty bad. That that was pretty bad. I
1: don't know about you, but I actually feel I feel better now. Like I feel like I've gone through some sort of like primal scream therapy. You, now you, you I'm, have, I'm feeling good. Yeah, you
0: have exercised some demons, my friend. You have exercised. This house some demons. is clear now. Uh huh. Uh huh.
1: All right. So let's get on to and another thing. And another thing. Yeah! So. What do you got, sir, this time to, to dig us out of this hole as a, as a bit of a recommendation for the people? Um,
0: basically, I am... Uh, so, so yesterday, uh, the family went to see Hamilton, and oh, uh, it was a fantastic production, um, wonderful to see live, uh, j- just, just amazing. Uh, the cast did an amazing job. Um, I... I had heard the soundtrack. Um, we had gone to uh, Washington D.C. for spring break, and so we had listened to the soundtrack on the way down, and re- really liked the groove of it. Uh, really liked the story of it, and and just you know the the portrayal of, of, of Hamilton, and 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 just kind of the lead up to, to the duel with Burr, and, and just you know, just overall, just how how Lin Manuel Miranda just formed that story was just was really well done. But my end another thing is is really about the soundtrack, you know, especially with with the with the live production winding down. Uh, if you have an opportunity to to listen to it, it's it's such a so, you know just just such a great great set of music. But you know like like a couple songs that that I enjoyed were you know uh, one of the popular ones is uh, called My Shot. Um, another one yep. is uh, ten dual commandments was was a really well done song. What else? Uh, j- just overall, top to bottom, it was really good. The the gentleman who played, uh, i got to give a shout-out to this guy. Um, I think his name is Paris Nix. Uh, he was an actor who portrayed Marquis de Lafayette and, uh, and Thomas Defer- Jefferson. He did a dual role. He was so entertaining uh, in that role. It was really funny when he first came out as Thomas Jefferson. I don't know if this is how the character is normally played up or not uh, by other actors, but mm-hmm. when he came out, you know, everyone's kind of clapping because, you know, the, the second act is starting. And so he comes out and then he starts kind of amping the crowd up like he, you know, he's waving his hands like to, to say, you know, more, more. And he even does the Hulk Hogan ear cup. It was pretty funny. <laughs> <It> was <laughs> but I mean, the, the, the guy overall just had an amazing range with his voice and just he uh, was just very, very funny in his portrayal of, of both characters. So. So, yeah. So overall, uh, my, my end, another thing is uh, Hamilton, Hamilton soundtrack. Listen to it. If you can, it's it's a just great great set of music, uh, great great story, and and just a great uh, experience all around.
1: Nice. I actually tried to score tickets to Hamilton uh, when I was down in uh, in NYC a few weeks ago. Oh, nice! Because they uh, not not like actual tickets because I ain't got that much money. the The cheap seats were like three hundred bucks. I know it's it's insane. If you want to see it on Broadway, it's insane. however, they have a ticket lottery that they do. Oh. For every show and you enter it online and you get notice like I think twenty four hours before the, the show that you've applied for the lottery, whether or not you won. And if you win, you have to go there and you have to have your ID and you um I think the tickets end up being like twenty bucks a piece.
0: Oh jeez, wow.
1: And, and I I don't care where those tickets are. I mean, I'm in for that. But I unfortunately uh I only had one chance uh to there was like one show that would work that I could uh, I could have gone to see and it, it didn't get it. So yeah. I was kind of bummed by that. But I mean, it was probably like a one in a billion chance. Everyone's trying to get tickets to that. Yep. Yeah. So uh, my another thing is uh, a little kind of a throwback uh, for those of us uh, who were who were uh, enjoying music in the 90s. The brand new heavies who had a incredible album back in let me just double check what year this was because it is oh man i oh yeah brother sister which was back in 1994 oh wow you're going way orbital. back yeah however they uh just put put out a new album this year tbnh is the title of the album uh quick little review of who they is uh they're an acid jazz, and uh, acid jazz and funk group formed in 1985 in west london Uh, They're centered around songwriters, multi-instrumentalists Simon Bartholomew and Andrew Levy, the core members of the group since its founding. Uh, They're best known for a string of successful singles in the early 1990s featuring Nadea Davenport as lead vocalist. They are funky. Good, sweet mama. This is some uh, just incredible, incredible music. Like a bow-legged monkey? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Funkier than a bow-legged monkey in some (laughs) cases. They are... Nice, nice pull on that one, by the way. Dude, <laughs> that is good. Um, and they they are just incredible. This album, nice. CBNH, which was released in 2019, is great. They actually had another album uh, previous to that, Sweet Freaks, in 2014. That is also f- just amazing. Uh, it is such good music, great tunes, and just a funky as all get out. It's amazing. Nice. nice. Go check it out get several copies if you can, and then go back and check out Brother Sister because that is a phenomenal album. Oh, I'll have to check it out. Oh, my goodness. Very cool. So uh, we thank you very much for listening. We thank you very much for indulging us in uh, one of our dirty little habits, which is professional wrestling uh it's somewhere around like smoking and nose picking i think but um we we enjoyed being able to talk about it and and to to kind of break this down and this was this is a lot of fun this, was, yeah, this is was. something we used to do a lot just talking about this stuff oh yeah uh so this is a lot a lot a lot of fun um, however now it is t- it has come to that point in the the evening where we must say goodbye we must say our goodbyes until next time but before we do that I will uh, as always defer and give the final word to my wonderful and insightful co-host <coughs> to to deliver the benediction for this show, sir, if you would.
0: All right well, if we've learned anything, uh, Todd does not like Roman reigns. Uh, he, no he does not like Keith Lee. He does not no. like uh, well actually I don't know enough about Keith uh, Lee. I've seen plenty
1: of Roman reigns though I know I don't like him. okay. We, Keith Lee, I'll give another chance.
0: We need to have a main event with a with, with a story with some energy and some purpose. Uh, wa- Dear Lord, please. Watch out for the Stroman Express because it will eh. bowl you over. And respect eh. Walter. Uh, the man uh, can take a slap and hand him out as good as anyone. Overall, wrestling, please. Focus on the story. Focus on some energy. Get these people into some interesting stuff. So when we watch, we we actually care about it. For crying out loud, Todd is about to have a nervous breakdown. For Pete's sake! And get some different
1: lighting for the fiend.
0: Ah, and as always, hit the lights on your way out. Mmm. It's the wrong week. Quick drink.
1: I beg your pardon. What did you say? You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for
0: you. Get out. And don't come back until you've received yourselves. So say we all. So say we all. I mean, that really got out of hand fast.